listening to another empowering message from Adam Ganey, pastor of Freedom Center, Tauranga. For more information about our church, please visit freedomcenter.nz. So why don't you remain standing as we read our scripture this morning. Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is. Everyone say now. Now, now faith is. Faith is not in your future. Faith is not something as a distance that you can't get hold of. Now faith is. Faith is for your now. Faith is for your now circumstance. Faith is for that thing that you're believing for now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's a substance. You can feel it. You're convinced there's something on the inside of you that says now faith is. It's a, it's a substance. It's tangible of things that are hopeful. And it's the evidence. It's the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The title of my message this morning is Mandatory Faith Booster. Mandatory Faith booster. I'm here to tell you today that you didn't just come to church for church's sake. We as a leadership team are making a mandate over Freedom Center this morning. It's a vaccination that you don't have a choice. You'll lose your job if you don't take it. It's a vaccination that is actually not physical, but spiritual. We are decreeing that today you will get your mandatory faith booster in Jesus name you will leave with greater faith you will leave believing that God can do bigger than he's done in the past you will leave with an expectancy for a great future we are handing out a mandatory faith booster in Jesus name Holy Ghost we ask that you come in this place and do what only you can do Lord would you revive dreams and vision and faith on the inside of your people and if you believed it everybody said amen 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 you may be seated now faith is. You know, the world says that when I see it, I'll believe it. When I see it, I'll believe it. But faith says, when I don't see it, I still believe it. Faith says that when it's not happening in front of me, I look with the eyes of faith and I see the purposes of God. I see the plan of God. I see what He wants to do in the realm of the supernatural and I see it. I see it. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Unfortunately, a lot of us Christians have turned like this in the last two years. If I'm just honest with you this morning, the last two years of our lives have caused us to step out of what's very natural for us to do and live in the faith realm. So what the world has done is it's caused us to only see the now, live for the now, hope for the now, filled with fear and depression and anxiety, and we only see what is right in front of us. But I'm here to declare today that Freedom Center, we are going to go back into the faith realm. We're going to go back into the place of faith where, where heavenly things become earthly realities. caused us to lose sight of what really matters. In the last two years, we've lost hope. We've lost hope. We've put all of our hope in the next announcement. We've put all of our hope in the 2 p.m., the 1 p.m., the 4 p.m. The people, 
We'll put all of our hope in, in will I be let out? Will I be, will I be restricted? Our hope has been on our government. But how many know your hope doesn't come from the government? Your hope comes from Jesus. His name is Jesus and He's an anchor to our soul. We've lost hope. We're hoping in the next level of so-called freedom. Hoping in the next level of what's going on. How's this going to affect my life? Will the government open up and let my family come from overseas? Will I be able to travel again? All of our hopes have been put in something that is tainted, something that's controlled by mere humans that do not respect or do not care about the things of God. I'm here to tell you, friends, that your hope is not found in the next announcement. Your hope is not found in whether or not this is the tail end of the pandemic. Your hope is found in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. Your hope is not in what might go back to normal. Is it ever going to go back to normal? What's normal? What is normal? Normal is knowing that I'm a son of God. I'm going to heaven. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. He loves me and that's all I need. So we come to a place where we've, in the last two years, all of our hope has been crushed. We've lost hope. The second thing that we've lost is we've lost vision. You would be shocked at the conversations that I have with people. And if I had the same conversations, the same people who were filled with vision, the same people who were filled with foresight for their lives and for what God's gonna do with them and their family, the same people two years later have no vision. And the enemy knows The enemy knows if he can get vision, he's got you. See, the Bible says that without vision, the people perish. So all the enemy has to do is kill our vision. We've lost the ability to dream and have vision because what if things change? What if things don't work out the way that I think they're gonna work out? What if I start making plans and you know things turn upside on their head? So we as the Bible-believing Christians who are meant to have vision, we've lost it. We've lost our ability to have vision. The third thing that we've lost is faith. And this is what I want to focus on this morning. I feel strongly that the spirit of faith has left the Christian church. We've begun to believe a rhetoric that is completely opposite to the Word of God. We've begun to believe a conversation that is completely opposite to the the Word of God. We've lost faith, faith to believe again. Faith to dream again. Faith for the supernatural to happen on our lives. We've lost faith for the the bigness of God, the miraculous signs, wonders, and miracles. Legs to grow out again. People to get up out of wheelchairs again. Our family members to be saved. What have you lost faith for this morning? The world has crushed our faith. People that I know with the biggest faith on the planet, no faith anymore. Gone. Do they believe in Jesus? Yes, but no faith. No faith to see what God will do. Come on, but tell someone next to you, say, I'm getting a faith booster this morning. Come on, I'm getting a faith booster this morning. I pray in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost comes with defibrillators of faith and shocks us to our core that we might believe again. That we might believe again. See, it's by faith that everything in the kingdom operates. Everything. If you're a follower of Jesus in this room, the way you got saved is by faith. Faith in what 
Christ has done, faith in His grace. If you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, I'm gonna give you an opportunity at the end to put your faith in the cross, to put your faith in Jesus, the one who took the punishment for your sins. It's by faith that we start this thing. It's by faith that we end it. But somehow in the middle of it, we lose the ability to believe and operate in the realm of faith. We've lost our faith. See, if the enemy has your faith, he has your future. I'm gonna say that again. If the enemy has your faith, he has your future. Everything in the kingdom operates by faith. Salvation, you get it by faith. If you need healing this morning, it's available to you by faith. If you need to see a loved one come to Christ, it's available to you by faith. Everything operates by faith. Faith is the conduit between heaven and earth. Nothing on earth happens in the kingdom of God unless it's birthed in faith. Everything that you've seen God do in your life, I promise you, you did it because, He did it because of your faith. He responds to your faith. We're called to be believers that call heaven down to earth and the only way we do that is by faith. By faith. Some of you here operate, you've got a gift of faith on your life and you haven't believed for something big in a long time. There are people in this church that need to know who you are so that they can agree with you and pray together and touch on one point. And the Bible says, when we agree by faith, my Father in heaven will make it happen. It's by faith. Everything happens by faith. Leaders are raised up in this church by faith. Our job as a leadership team is to look at you and by faith see what is unseen. By faith, call the gold out of you. As believers, we're meant to call the gold out of the world. By faith, we see a better future. By faith, we see our workmates coming to Christ. By faith, I see God giving me that house. By faith, it's the realm of faith. In fact, the Bible says without faith, It's impossible to please God. I know I'm sitting in a room full of people that want to please the Lord. Do you not want to please the Lord? I want to please Him, man. And without faith, it's impossible to please Him. By faith, I believe we're going to see the greatest move of God we've ever seen. By faith. I believe it 100%. Three people are going to be part of that move of God this morning. I believe God has a plan for Aotearoa, New Zealand. That we've ne- I believe the prophecy of Smith Wigglesworth that we would see the greatest healing revival before the Lord comes back. And he said this, it will happen in churches that allow the Holy Spirit to move. That's where it'll happen. That's where it'll happen. I believe by faith, we're gonna see it. I feel the rumblings of it already. It's the evidence of things not seen. See, the natural eye says it's unseen, but the eyes of faith says it's just not yet seen. So you might not see with your natural eyes, but the eyes of faith says, yeah, I don't see it right now, but actually it's just in the not yet seen realm. We've got to pull things from the unseen to the seen. When we came to NZ, we were sent here for one year to teach the Word of God. Um, And you know, the church was just starting to get together few people were getting together, very small days. It could have been a small group. I'm not even sure why it was a church, but anyway. Um, we're there and we got told, go there for a year and, uh, and teach the Word of God. And if you told me that we would have had uh, a building like this, 
over 350, 400 people that come every Sunday and are full of faith. 180 salvations last year, two services that are packed and people that are hungry. I would have told you, you are smoking some of the good stuff. But there was a point in our journey, it was a point in our journey where we had to look at things with the eyes of faith. So when it was Ron, where are you, Ron? When it was Ron Eminem Cannoli over there. <laughs> when it was him and his, and his guitar, poor guy, his fingers were almost bleeding. And before Ron, it was a CD player that jumped. You hit it. We had to see what we're seeing today with eyes of faith. And I'm here to tell you that this is just the beginning of the story of Freedom Center. It's just the beginning of the story of what God wants to do in this nation. But it's going to take people of faith. It takes faith to see people with, get uh, altars full of people getting saved. It says it takes faith to see people getting healed. People ask me all the time, how do you move in deliverance? Why when you lay your hands on people, demons come out? It's just by faith. It's by faith. Aren't you scared when the heads spin around and you go, all this? no, I'm not scared. Why? Because by faith, I know the name of Jesus is above every other name. By faith. I haven't had it scientifically proved, but every time I pray for somebody, a demon comes out and they, they get healed. They get free. How does that happen? Only in the realm of faith. You can't be scared. You can't be like, please, come out, devil, please. In Jesus' name, that happened once in the book of Acts. The devil spoke back to the people and they said, Jesus we know, Paul we know, who are you? And the devils inside the person beat the people up. They had no faith, no relationship, no, no, no authority in the spirit. But by faith, we step into the realm of the supernatural and we can move in signs and wonders and doing exactly what Jesus said. So what is it that's not yet seen in your what is it that hasn't come? I'm not talking about I'm just going to manifest it. I'm not talking about new age crap. I'm talking about biblical faith. Biblical faith. Too many, I'm hearing Christians say, I'm just going to manifest it. You're manifesting something else. Let me get my hands on you. you. Listen, you can't manifest anything. You can have faith. The Bible says, have faith in God. Have faith. The Bible says, to him that only believes, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Did you hear that, church? To him who believes. See, the reason I'm not getting a response is because for the last two years, we have stopped believing. What I'm saying rings true. And it's not our fault. We're not bad people. The world has told us to start living for the moment and, 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 and everything that's going on and all the restrictions rather than living in the supernatural realm of faith. But God this morning is shifting us. He's shifting us at both services into the place of faith. The Bible says, Luke 18, 8, I tell you, He will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will He really find faith on the earth? So when Jesus comes back on a cloud, guess what He's looking for? He's not looking for love, although we should operate in love. He's not looking for kindness, although we should operate in kindness. He's not looking for compassion, although we should operate in compassion. He's going to be searching the earth for faith. And he says, when I come back, will I find any faith? I want to be someone who says, yo, I've been believing. 
I've been encouraging that person to go for it. I've been sitting, I've been not giving up. I've been believing, man, some of the greatest heroes in, in faith, the Bible says, are those that died without seeing the promise. Went to the grave believing that what God said would happen and in the next generations it happened. By faith, this is the normal language of heaven. I'm gonna go to heaven. I'm gonna leave the church in charge. I'm gonna cause you to make disciples, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead. We've been left in charge and to occupy until He comes. And when He comes back, He's looking for people of faith. I wanna be a person of faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Everything in your life from God comes through faith. Hebrews 3 verse 12 says, beware lest any evil bit of unbelief is among you. Actually calls unbelief evil. We say, you know, I'm just struggling to believe, pastor. We gotta be people. We're called, by the way, we're called believers. (laughs) Believers. That means our natural position is to believe. We're believers. We're not doubters. You know, we're just gonna go and hang out with a bunch of Christian doubters over there. No, no, no. We are Christian believers. We're believers by faith. See, one of the reasons or the biggest reason that we've lost faith is fear because the absolute antithesis to faith is fear. The opposite of faith is fear. See, faith says, I believe that something that hasn't happened yet is gonna happen. And fear says, I'm gonna believe that something that hasn't happened yet is gonna happen. Faith says, I'm believing that something positive that hasn't happened yet is gonna happen. Fear says, I'm believing something negative that hasn't happened yet is gonna happen. Do you see how fear and faith are very similar? But fear will always block faith. Fear will always block faith. The moment there's an ounce of fear in your life, faith gets strangled. I've never seen anybody operate in faith that is full of fear. Listen, church, we can't be in fear. We cannot be in fear in this season. I understand what's going on in the world around us, but we cannot be people of fear. We have to be different to the world and we have to operate in the realm of faith. It's faith that, it's fear that has killed our faith. People are full of fear. People driving in a car by themselves with a mask on. Well, we laugh, but it's true. Your carbon dioxide is killing you. In the car box. I don't blame them. I, get, I used to get annoyed and now I'm like, Lord, check my heart. I'm gonna pray for them. But I just, I just see the spirit of fear. It's like a blanket over our nation. I went into the dairy the other day and I'm just gonna be honest. I was honest with the 9 a.m. so I can't lie to you. I'm a Christian, I can't lie, right? So um, I, I, don't, I don't wear a mask, I hate them. I'm just gonna be out there. I'm not saying you shouldn't wear a mask. I'm not saying you shouldn't wear a mask, but I just believe that God gave me airways and breathing and I'm just gonna stick to that, right? And so I hate masks. I'm just gonna be honest. Again, Pastor Adam, don't cut me up on YouTube and put me together and say, he told us not to wear masks. No, 
If you want to wear a mask, God bless you. I don't think of you any less, none of that. I just made a choice for myself. I got an exemption. It's all legal. I don't wear a mask, okay? So I get into the dairy and I'm just like, I'm on the phone and this lady, the the shop owner, she she starts following me at a distance, of course, because here I get COVID, but here, no COVID. So, um, and she's like following me and I thought I'd play some games with her. So I only went in to get bread, but I went up and down every aisle up and down every aisle. I'm on the phone and she's looking at me and I'm like, I'm going down aisles I don't need to go. I'm thinking, is she really keeping that much of an eye on me? She follows me, goes to her cash register. I mean, I'm all smiles. I'm full of joy. I'm off the phone now. And she's like super, super angry. Have you got an exemption? Yeah, I've got an exemption. Here you go. She puts the bread on thing and then the FPOS machine goes, and then legit, I promise you, she does this. After the, the I'm able to scan with the FPOS, she does this. I'm such a threat. And I'm like super happy and joyful. God bless you. Have a great day. I'm thinking, man, give me a hug because what I've got, you need. You're you're afraid. You're afraid that I've got something that's going to kill you, but I think I've got something that's going to bring you back to life. I think you need to get some joy on the inside of you. Now, I don't blame her. She's probably not a Christian. Probably not a Christian. Uh, you know, I said at the start of this pandemic and the first service, everyone's like, Pastor, you're going to make an announcement about COVID. Yeah, here's my announcement. If you get COVID and die, win. If you get COVID and get healed, win. Win. You're a believer. Fear needs to go out the window. You will never operate in faith if you believe fear. I'm not saying I'm against masks. I'm just saying I don't wear them. Because I know God's called me to move in the supernatural, operate in healing, and I lose authority when the devil looks at me trying to rely on anything but the blood of Jesus. People say, well, you've got to use wisdom, Pastor. Which wisdom? Which wisdom? The book of James says there's two types of wisdom. One is worldly, and it says it's seductive and demonic. The other is wisdom from above that's rooted in the fear of God. It's rooted in the fear of God. So what looks like a lot of wisdom these days is actually not wisdom, it's worldly wisdom. It's worldly wisdom, but faith, faith is completely the opposite. We've got a generation of Christians that are fearful rather than faithful. Fearful rather than faithful. That's why there's an attack on the church. Strip clubs open, bottle shops open, nightclubs open, churches closed. Why? Because the enemy knows that if you get your butt to church, you're going to get a faith booster and you're going to walk out better than when you came. He knows I can kill faith if they don't gather. So, so many have folded under what looks like wisdom. It's not wisdom. It is not wisdom. The Bible is clear. The Lord hates division. He hates partiality. He hates people being separate and comes against it almost in every book of the New Testament. So we got to be people of faith. I'm not saying be stupid. I'm saying be people of faith. We need to get back to where faith is. Someone say faith. Listen, if we want to be people of faith, we simply have to kill every ounce of fear that comes on us. What if, what if this next season is the, the church's greatest hour? 
What if people with all kinds of sicknesses, COVID included, come into this place and they're looking for some kind of answer. They're looking for people who know how to operate in miracles, but we're so fearful of what's going on, we can't do nothing. We couldn't move a pebble, let alone a mountain. It's like we've believed the lie that Jesus' back got ripped apart for every disease except COVID. Every disease except COVID. It's like by His stripes you were healed except for COVID. It's like Jesus stopped at, at 39 lashes or 40 lashes and just said, no, the next one will heal COVID. Please no, no more. Listen. Every sickness and every disease, what if the person at your work got COVID and was dying and you laid your hands on them and they got, they got healed? What if, what, what, what if it actually works, this thing called the gospel? What if it actually works, this thing called healing? What if the blood of Jesus was enough? What if we could believe again? What if we could have faith again? What if we actually believe what's in the Bible? See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Then also fear comes by hearing and the Word of the world. So all the words that have been spoken to us over the last year have come and faith has, uh, fear has come on the inside of us. But we need to be people who hear the Word of God, act on it by faith. See, some of the most powerful people on the planet are people of faith. People of faith. John G. Lake in the bubonic plague. Yeah? Just think about these men of God that were like, man, why don't we see these things? We need revival. We need the greats to come back. Well, if John G. Lake was around, this is what he did at the bubonic plague. He went into a science lab where they had um, a, a, a sample of the actual virus in a bit of saliva. And they said, they're all masked up, geared up and, you know, afraid of everything. And he said, listen, when the, when the plague touches me, it will die. He knew who he was. He operated in the realm of faith. He knew the power of the blood of Jesus. And so he goes and they put his hand under a microscope and the bubonic plague died in his hand instantly. Why are we so shocked by this? Smith Wigglesworth knew that fear had to have nothing to do with his life, so much so that when Lester Sumrall came to his house before his ministry exploded, he came to get prayed for by Smith Wigglesworth. He rocks up to his house with a newspaper under his arm and Smith said, I'll pray for you, but do not bring that devil, that spirit of fear into this house. Lester Sumrall dropped the newspaper, came into his house, Smith Wigglesworth prayed for him and launched him into his ministry. I'm not saying don't read the newspaper, but I am saying be careful that you're not so hanging on to every little announcement that it zaps the faith on the inside of you. We're like, man, we want to move like Smith Wigglesworth. He wouldn't even read a newspaper. And then we want to spend five hours on Netflix and raise the dead. Church. Sorry for being so straight up, but we need faith again. Sorry, not sorry. Is that what they say? Not sorry. Came to the wrong church if you want a fluffy message. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So if, he ha if we do have fear, that's the first three things we lose. Power, 
love for other people. Our compassion goes out the window for those that are in a different situation to us. And we actually lose our sound mind. Have you heard the rhetoric of the world, the, the conversations and, the, and what is so-called common sense of the world? It's like we've lost our sound mind. Our ability to actually think normally has gone out the window. Why? Because fear is here. And where fear is there, power, love and a sound mind go out the window. Three points, four points, can't lie. And we'll pray for some people. Number one, everything begins in the unseen and moves towards the scene. Everything begins in the unseen and moves towards the scene. You began in the unseen. The Lord formed you in your mother's womb, in the unseen. Everything operates in the unseen realm and then moves towards the scene. Every leader, every faith step in this house begins in the unseen and moves towards the scene. We have an advantage as believers that we're filled with the Spirit of God who sees in the unseen. He sees in the unseen realm. And while our eyes, our physical eyes, only see in the physical realm, we have the Spirit of God that's upon us, in us, and walking with us, who actually can see the, the realm that we're trying to tap into. He's outside of time. He sees in the heavenlies. And so we have this unfair advantage. So many of you are pregnant with dreams, with gifting, with anointing, with business ideas, but it's gonna take faith It's going to take faith to step out and do that thing. It's going to take faith to serve in the way that God's called you to serve. It's going to take faith for you to lay your hands on that first person and see the supernatural power of God move through your life. It's actually going to take faith. Fear will kill it all. It's going to take faith. Everything begins in the unseen and moves towards the seen. Number two, you can't see in the realm of faith without the power of the Holy Ghost. Church, you just can't do it because Joel 2.28 says this, and it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. This is the language of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, not just like He's in me for me, but He's on me for you, right? So He's in me for my relationship with God, but He's on me for power, for service. And you ever, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost this morning. Because it's in that realm, pray for a person earlier after the 9 a.m. who's never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. He gets baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues. Yeah? People, we need to step into this. This is the basic 101 of Christianity. It's the realm of visions and dreams. It's it. It's in the realm of the Spirit that visions and dreams and prophecy are birthed. How do I get from being in the flesh to in the Spirit? Because I don't know about you, but I don't wake up with a halo on my head, angels dancing around me. I don't feel that holy in the morning. I just need to have a shower and get a coffee inside of me ASAP. There's nothing spiritual about it, right? But how do I get from in the flesh to in the Spirit? Well, you pray in the Spirit. Tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost is the biggest and greatest tool for you to move in the supernatural. 90% of my prayer life is in tongues. And you pray in the Spirit, you access the things of the Spirit. It's like the ignition switch of heaven that you might be able to pray in the Holy Ghost and see things in the Holy Ghost. 
and you're praying in, in, in the spirit, shakataria modo, and then all of a sudden the Lord gives you vision. All of a sudden the Lord gives you dreams. All of a sudden the Lord gives you clarity. All of a sudden the Lord gives you faith to do things that were humanly impossible. We need to be people who are not only are filled with the Spirit, but move in the Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is on you and I that we might be able to reach into the realm of the unseen and pull things into the scene. What has God birthed on the inside of you? It's time to believe again. It's time to move in the power of the Holy Ghost again. Son of man, we heard it from Seleucy. Jeremiah, what do you see? A lot of us are really good at hearing the voice of God, but we haven't moved into the realm of seeing in the Spirit. See, when you see in the Spirit, it's a whole nother thing. You see what heaven is doing and you pull it to earth. I mentioned to the 9 a.m., if you're a leader, a preacher, a small group leader here this morning, God uses you, whatever, in the workplace, however He uses you, why don't next time, if you're, if you're a person who is active and sharing your faith and doing signs, wonders and miracles at your workplace, why don't you sit there in the morning and say, God, what's gonna happen today? Show me in the Spirit. Show me what you're going to do. So many times the Lord like lays out what's gonna happen in the service for me. So many times, but it's only when I pray in tongues, I get in the Spirit and I actually take the time to say, Father, what do you want to do here this morning? It's seeing in the Spirit. Ezekiel, same thing. What do you see? Do you see a valley of dry bones or do you see a great and exceeding army? (laughs) See, it's eyes of faith that will see the army, but eyes of the natural will see a valley of dry bones. It's by faith visions, dreams. We've got to capture these things in the Spirit. We've got to see what God sees. And the next thing that we need to do is realize that between seed and harvest, there's process. Between seed and harvest, there's process. Because this whole faith thing, people get un- come unstuck because they don't understand the way the kingdom works. If I had an orange here and I said to you, what's the potential in this orange? We're all good with potential. Young man, you've got potential. Yeah, Every young man's got potential, but is he okay with the process? Is he okay with the process? Is he okay with being shaped and molded and guided and stretched by the Lord and life and circumstances? Will he stick it out or will he give up? Because I love potential, but I love process. So I worked it out via Uncle Google that if you plant a orange tree, an orange, the seeds, roughly about 10 seeds, give or take, they say on average, Each one of those seeds would produce a tree. Each tree produces between 350 and 500 orange trees in three years. You do that process three times. So in nine years, you've cured world hunger. If I just held an orange, here's the solution. None of us are okay with the process. So God answers us sometimes in seed form. Lord, I wanna be used by you. I want to help people. I want to see legs grow out. I want to be I want to be a great preacher, teacher. I want to move in the Holy Ghost. And he says, "Yeah." And then you go and fill up your car at Z, and on your way in, there's somebody with a limp. That's the answer to your prayer. Come on, church. That's the answer to your prayer right there, but it's in seed form. Lord, I can see the day when thousands will come to Christ. Absolutely, but are you okay with the process? Are you going to pray for that guy at sea? Are you going to share your faith with that person that's on their way to hell? Between seed and harvest, 
there is process. It may look like nothing's happening, but with eyes of faith, I see the sprout growing. It may look like that business that I opened two years ago is making a loss, but with eyes of faith, I see profit. It may look like my, my, my sickness is still there, but with eyes of faith, I see myself healed in Jesus' name. It may look like my relationship is destroyed, that my marriage cannot come back, but with eyes of faith, I see a healthy marriage in Jesus' name. Come on, we've got to operate with eyes of faith. See, the Bible says this, many are called and few are chosen. What's the difference? The process. We're all called, but only a few of us are chosen because we don't like the training. We don't like the scourging. We don't like the discipline. We don't like the hard times, but many are called and few are chosen. And here's the last step. It's right here in the midst of process, in the midst of you not seeing what you think you should see is our last step, which is prophesy what you see. In the midst of the process, we need to be people who can prophesy what we see. Romans 14 says that God speaks those things that don't exist as though they do. My daughter, who's in kids' church right now, Eva, Eva Hope. My wife got went to the scan. We were still living in Melbourne. We moved over here when we were a few months pregnant. And uh, so I just gave away the story. Well, you know the story ends good because she's there. But... Um, they said, your pregnancy's done, it's terminated, you're gonna bleed out, it's a miscarriage, all of that. Nah, no pregnancy. So Grace rings me up, I'm at work and crying, all the rest of it, she's with her mum. And, uh, and so I got my version Bible out and I flicked, I did the, have you, ever, uh, have you ever done a digital flick? Or is it only me? Do you ever close your eyes and go, Lord, speak to me? In like Leviticus 21. No, it's not it. <laughs> but I did, the, I did the flick and I landed on Romans 4.17. And it says, God is the God who calls those things that don't exist as though they do. And so the Lord spoke to me and said, you don't need to pray for this. You need to call what they are saying and not a pregnancy, a pregnancy. So for the next week up until our next um, appointment, while Grace was going through all of her human emotions, I just kept saying, babe, you're pregnant. No, you're pregnant. I, I know what the doctors say. You're gonna have a bleed in three days, but you are pregnant. There is a healthy child on the inside of you and you are pregnant. And then lo and behold, we go for the scan a week later and the doctors always say this, oh, this must have been a mistake. This is perfectly, they, 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 they stuffed up. The scan must have been wrong. There's a perfectly healthy pregnancy. They didn't get it wrong. God got it right. But the power in our words, I wonder, I wonder had we have seen the miracle, had we not spoken it into existence. I wonder if in the process and we had just relied on that next scan to come, would we have had different news? I'm not sure. But I do know the Bible says that I'm meant to speak things into existence things that aren't in existence as though they do. See, the prophetic is when you speak what you see. Real simple. You've got to see it. If we're going to operate in faith, we've got to see it and then we've got to speak it. See it and speak it. Noah, building the boat. God's told me it's going to rain. What's rain? I'm just going to keep speaking. It's going to flood. It's going to come. It's going to come. In Jesus' name, it's going to come. Now, don't be a weird person. Please, people take this, you know, the, the wrong way. 
God's gonna give me a house and then randomly walk off. Like, let's be normal about it. But you've got to speak it. See, one of the things that kills me is when we moved to Tauranga, it was, it was in 2013 and everybody in the church said, oh, it's $10 Tauranga. $10 Tauranga, you're not gonna get a job. And if you do, it's gonna be $10 an hour, muscle factory working 18 hours a day. I said, Lord, what do you see? And he said, I want you to apply for a job that only has a company car, company phone, company fuel, and no less than $100,000 a year. I said, man, I've never earned that much money. The church was only like 20 people. So I only applied for those jobs. And the Lord gave me a job at BMW. I broke all the sales records in the first two months. And I'd never earned so much money in my life. And now I'm a poor pastor. <laughs> but, hey. <laughs> but, see, <laughs> but when you, yeah, throw coins. Uh, but when you operate in faith, see, we've got to speak it. You've got to speak things into existence. You've got to see differently than the world sees. Oh, you know, it's so hard to buy a house in Tauranga. Oh, you know, interest rates are going up. I need 20%, blah, 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 blah. No, by faith, you will get a home. By faith, you will get a home. I don't know how it's going to happen, but God can do it. You will get a home. I'm believing for a home. I will see my miracle home. This guy lays hands on letterboxes. I love it. Let's just go, man. People are coming out to check their mail. We're like, shut up. They don't even want to sell it. And you're like claiming it. They're about to shoot you with a shotgun. It's faith. It's faith. Church, let's stand to our feet as we bring it to a close. Miracles are our expectation. This is the house of God, none other than the gate of heaven. It's the place where heavenly realities become, heavenly things become earthly realities. And if you're here this morning and you're just like, man, the last two years have thrown me about, they've messed me up. If I'm honest, if I'm honest, I've just become a little meh. It's okay. It's okay. God brought you here this morning because He wants to give you a faith booster. Why don't you stretch your hands out to heaven? I want to pray for you. Let's lift the volume of the keys a little bit. I feel like the Lord's going to do something here. Holy Spirit, by your power, you said that there's a gift of faith. And Father, I know that individuals carry it, but I'm praying, God, that a gift of faith would land on this church corporately. Lord, that we would be people of faith, that faith would be the normal, that the impossible becoming possible would be our everyday lives. Lord, I speak to those buried dreams, those buried visions that are on the inside of you. Some of you have been following Jesus for 40 and 50 years and God spoke to you about something and you've laid it dormant. God is reviving it today. It's time to move in faith again. It's time to believe again. It's time to dream again. It's time to step out and maybe even look silly again. The Lord is taking us from strength to strength, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Father, I ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would baptize us afresh this morning. God, fill your people, fill your people, fill your people, fill your people with faith. Fill them. We hope you enjoyed this message. To get better connected to our church, visit our website at freedomcenter.nz.